Welcome to the Outward OPC podcast. Outward OPC is a work of the Committee on Home Missions, and its goal is to encourage zeal for reaching the lost and to be a tool for the OPC and other Reformed churches to be more effective at reaching people outside the church. You can check out the website at outwardopc.com. Now let's get to today's episode. Brad Herzog here for Outward OPC. Today I have John Shaw with me. As many of you know, John Shaw is the General Secretary on the Committee on Home Missions and Church Extension. So we were talking about sort of the typical, encouraging this type of culture in in sort of what might be a common church plant setting, a smaller group, excited about doing it. So I'm I'm gonna touch on or go back to one thing in there that I think guys might be looking for some practical counsel. You have these genuine people, maybe a bit eccentric, maybe they have a, a hot topic that they like to, you know, find a visitor and introduce them to or talk about something really, really reformed. Um, do you have any practical counsel for the people, that the, the pastor who sees that happen, uh, the people who are seeing that happen, you, you know, not, not picking on anybody, and often those people are the ones that don't know they're doing it. Yeah. How can we just help people see that by loving our own people? And, and having them see that so that they catch the, the culture and the, the vision of bringing people in and, and being welcoming. Yeah, I think there's several pieces to it. First of all, you know, as we're helping people, you know, if, if, they, if there are people, because you know, there are in every church, people who they're, they're passionate about theology, and that's a good thing. And so we never want to go to them and stifle that passion. I, I think one is that we create good venues for those theological conversations to happen because it's a good thing. Secondly, we talk about context. So there are places to have those conversations and there are places where those conversations aren't as helpful. And I think, you know, especially thinking about how we love people well, there are people who are ready for that conversation and excited to have it. That's the right venue with those people. But visitors, they might not be ready for that conversation. And by just going to that, we're actually not loving them as well as we could. We're doing it with good intentions. So I think, again, you know, even as we're kind of redirecting, we're commending them. And that's not disingenuous. It's true. It's a good thing. But let's give a venue where those conversations can happen or several venues, but also think about context. What are the right venues for that? And then what's a right venue or a right way to welcome visitors? And then, again, I think, you know, we all need to think intentionally about how we're going to welcome visitors. So as a pastor, I should be thinking about it. What kind of questions do I ask? How do I approach someone I haven't met before? And then I think welcoming our congregation into that thought process. So here's how I've been thinking about it. Let's think about this together. So Sunday school is a great place for that. Uh, Small group Bible studies are a great place for that, to think about how do I welcome visitors? What does it mean to be a good neighbor? And being a good neighbor, how does that How does that change how I have those initial conversations when I meet someone? Uh, I think those are all conversations we should be having regularly. Uh, We have church planners. uh, You know, Eric Hausler is one. He'll send out uh, an email periodically where he says, hey, here's here's an article I read recently that offers some good kinds of questions to ask people when they first visit a church. Those are good tools to share with other people. Um, I think good stories as well. Uh, Eric Hauser is another one. He'll tell stories when a visitor came and was welcomed in, in a really good way where they said, I'm coming back because of how I was welcomed. Let's tell those stories to people. Th- this, is this, person's, this, this is how this person was received, 
and they were received well and they're coming back. That allows you to do a couple things. First of all, you're sharing the name of this new visitor and saying, hey, when they come, you know, here's a way that we can continue to welcome them. But also, it's commending the congregation that, that you know, this was really well done and, and this person felt, you know, loved because they were loved. But it also helps us think through how are we going to welcome the next visitor? Stories are great. People, we, we all love stories. We learn through stories. So tell good stories about how people were welcomed. And then, you know, just a couple of thoughts. What can we learn from this story? And how can this help us as we, as we have other visitors that come? But I think it's a constant conversation. And I don't think it's just a church plant conversation. Um, new people come into our churches all the time and they join the church and they come, become part of it. And so this should be an ongoing, regular conversation. What are we doing well? How, what can we do better? And just keep being very intentional about how we welcome people. So, John, I, I could see, I've asked this of, of other uh, men that were on the, the podcast. I could see a pastor who hears all this. Maybe he's a little discouraged in his work. Uh, maybe he's not seeing these things happen. Maybe he's overwhelmed with pastoral duties. What counsel, what encouragement would you give that man as he hears this flood of stories of this is working here and that's working there and and he's not seeing that and he's hearing congregations that support and maybe he's not feeling that but you know he's still fighting and he's still um looking for these things specifically that that man what what would you say to him as he thinks about these things and, and and leaves a podcast and says oh great what do i do now right yeah, you know, it's, always, it's one of the dangers of telling stories, right, and using names. Uh, I, I do it because I think it's good for the, the church to know various people and different gifts the Lord's brought to the church. But it's also important for us to know that every single one of us is made uniquely by God with different gifts and passions. So one of the things I, I believe strongly with every fiber of my being is that you don't, it's not just one kind of personality that can be a church planner or a pastor or an evangelist. You don't have to be type A. You don't have to be an extrovert. You don't have to be a salesman. In fact, I hope we're not salesmen. I think the, the gospel and scriptures tell us not to be salesmen. But we are all called to be passionate about the gospel, to love our Savior, and to love people. And we all do that differently. Uh, and so I tell the stories just to give examples what, what I hope is that everybody hears one story and says, that sounds like something that I could do, something like that. So let me tell you, I'll tell you about myself a little bit. Um, so I, I go and spend time with Eric Hausler, who's, you know, extrovert uh, plus, and I'm a little intimidated. <laughs> I'm, I'm not Eric Hausler. I go visit with Brad Pepo. He's a really gifted apologist, and I don't think I am. And sometimes I leave pretty discouraged or uh, jealous of their gifts. Well, you know, Lord, why don't I have those gifts? Um, but I also interned uh, with Ivan DeMaster, who's now, he's, he's about an 80-year-old retired OPC pastor. Um, and Ivan has been uh, a great encouragement to me. I would say, and, and Ivan and I have talked about this, so I'm not saying anything that he hasn't heard me say. Ivan is one of the more introverted people I know, but also one of the most gifted evangelists that I've seen. And it's simply this. Ivan loves people, and he knows that part of his calling is to be with people. 
And so he was intentional about it. He put it in his schedule. He designed a schedule where there were certain times every week that he was not in his office, not in his study, and he was with people. And the Lord blessed that kind of ministry. I know of a particular circumstance where Ivan, after his retirement, went and filled a pulpit for six months while the pastor was uh, on the mission field to support one of our missions. Uh, they just bought a new building in a small community. And when the pastor came back and he would go visit neighbors, everybody in that community knew Ivan DeMaster because he was intentional about just walking the neighborhoods, seeing people in their yards and talking with them. I just think we have to, each of us has to find our gift set, our skill set, has to know their community well enough to know where they can meet people, has to know their interests and passions enough to not use those passions in a merely selfish way, but to also see them as opportunities to get to know other people that are worth knowing and find your space. And that's going to look different for everybody. So when I tell stories, I'm not saying go be this guy. I'm giving you examples and saying, find out your place. And it's going to look different for different people. But I do think, and I believe this strongly, that if a pastor is only in his study preparing what might even be really good, meaty sermons that really clearly present Jesus, but he's not with people, he's not doing his job. And maybe that sounds overly harsh, but I'm reading, you know, Acts 20 where Paul's speaking to the elders in Ephesus. And he says, you know my ministry, how I went house to house and was with people in tears. This is part of the call of pastors and elders. And I don't know how you do that just in a study and just in session meetings and just in worship services. You do that as you're with people, weeping with them when they're struggling rejoicing with them when they're celebrating. And that's part of what we're called to as ministers. And, and if we don't have enough time to do that, then we have to look at our time and our schedule. Are there places, things that I can give up so that I can be with people? But I think that's the role of a pastor. You're a shepherd of people. You're not a shepherd of information. Now, as you shepherd people, you're shepherding information. But you're a shepherd of sheep, and a good shepherd is with his sheep. And when his sheep are lost, he goes and finds them. When his sheep are hurt, he picks them up and cradles them in his arms and carries them. And you can't do that without being with people. And it serves not just evangelistic ministry. It serves discipleship and teaching ministry. That's got to be part of our call. Yeah, and it seems like um, thinking about the guy who might be discouraged I don't know what your, your thoughts are on the, about this, but a lot of guys feel like they're out there on their own. They don't have somebody close by who's maybe good at this. Um, what are the venues that, that somebody can get encouragement? I'm thinking of, you know, when, when you have the church planters come together for the church planters yeah. conference, it's great, but that's just a handful of guys. Right. What are your thoughts on, you know, can they, can they contact some of these guys and, and get some encouragement? I, I know some of the men you're talking about. And I'm, I'm thinking if they got an email and, uh, said, you know, somebody said, hey, could I just talk to you for a little while? And I'm thinking the, the, the men out in the field aren't calling because they think they're going to keep these guys too busy. And these guys are probably saying, I'd right. love to hear from these guys. Is that true or am I, am I picking something up there? Oh, I think that's definitely true. Any of the guys that I've mentioned in this, in this podcast would be happy 
to talk with you. In fact, uh, I share their names. Uh, sometimes, you know, I talk to pastors sometimes who are discouraged or they want to do something, but they feel like they don't have the training and background and they need help. And some of these guys, you know, they haven't complained to me yet, but I share their names all the time. And, I, and they'll call me and, and thank me, actually. And say, so I had a really great conversation with this guy. You know, are there other ways I can be an encouragement to him? And uh, I, I think every pastor, but especially young pastors and especially wounded and tired pastors, instead of just struggling through it on your own, I mean, we're Presbyterians, right? <laughs> we believe in a plurality of elders and we believe that local churches are part of a broader church and there's not a disconnect. They're, they are the same church. We should be looking for guys who can help us. I have guys still that are on my speed dial. You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. They're in my contacts. <laughs> They're, you know, the new fangled speed dial type thing. Like guys who know when I have an issue, these are the guys I call. When I need to be encouraged, these are the guys I run to. And I have yet to have somebody say to me, stop calling me. I don't have time for this. We need to find those guys. So if, you, if you're struggling with evangelism, there are guys who are really gifted. Um, and those are the guys you should run to. And, and if you're not sure who those guys are, call me. I'm happy to connect you with guys in your own presbytery who have those gifts, uh, who are willing to be there next to you. I know pastors who have went, gone to their session and said, I need to go be with this guy for a week. Can we, would you guys give me permission not to use vacation, but just to go and we'll find pulpit supply because this guy needs to be supported. That's what we should be about in the church. And so I just encourage you, go find those guys that have those gifts in an area where you're struggling or discouraged to be encouraged, to go spend a week with them. You know, if you need to go spend a week and an issue is, is pulpit supply, call Al or call me. We'll figure out a time that we can come fill your pulpit for a weekend so that you can go spend a week with a guy and learn from him and, and be shepherded. But those are the kind of things that we should be doing. And this is how we grow in ministry. I can give you the names of five or six guys who I don't know that I'd be, have, be still a minister of the gospel if it wasn't for these five or six guys who shepherded me in areas where I was weak, who lifted me up when I was crumbling. And we all need those guys. Yeah, that's helpful. So let's be clear. If this podcast or OutwardOPC.com or any of this stuff makes you overwhelmed and want to quit the ministry, your first act is to email John, email Al, call. Yes, and just get the ball rolling with, with getting some uh, encouragement, even if you don't know who to contact. So I think that's, that's helpful, and guys in the field need to, need to hear that. So just shifting gears a little bit, we, uh, 2018 now, we're a few months, several months into OutwardOPC.com as somewhat of an initiative, uh, putting resources out, one major resource per week. I'm involved in that with you and with Al and with the committee, and I'm just wondering if you could take this opportunity. Obviously, in some ways, you're preaching to the choir, people who are already listening to the podcast, but I think it's good for them to hear your thoughts on not just what it is, but what you hope to achieve with it and how you envision pastors and members sort of using some of the concentrated, focused material there and why we're spending the amount of time we are to put that out and why it may seem like an emphasis to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, in a, in a minute, I'm going to talk about origins and why it exists. But let me start with this just for the folks who are listening to this because you've already been using this as a resource. Two things for all of you. 
If you have friends that you think this will be useful to, pastors who need to be encouraged in these areas who, you know, especially guys who say, I, I know this is an area of ministry that we want to see our church do well, but I'm not sure where to go. Please share, share this with them. Encourage them to use it as a resource. Secondly, if there are areas that we haven't touched on, topics that you would love to hear a podcast or read something or hear stories and illustrations, you know, send a comment through the through Outward OPC and we'll do our best to, you know, find those kind of resources and, and get them to you. So if you're looking for something and it hasn't come up yet, let us know and we'll try to address those areas. If, if I could just add, we, we literally have heard from quite a uh, number of people uh, who have either emailed us responding to one of the email notifications they get or through the site, and it literally is on a list. Some of those questions, some of those thoughts are on a list of, of forthcoming things. Yeah. You know, as far as the origins of it, you know, some of this goes back to conversations that Brad Herzog and I had as church planners who started about the same time conversations I had with Eric Watkins, who, you know, was kind of on his second church plant uh, when I was first called as a church planner, you know, where you're, you're coming out of seminary knowing that we're called to do the work of an evangelist and that we don't want to plant churches where we're just repositioning people from a church where they're dissatisfied or, you know, we, we want to actually be reaching people with the gospel and seeing conversions and baptisms because that's what we're called to do. So I have in my mind all the time Jesus' words to the Samaritan woman. The Lord is seeking worshipers. That's, we have to be doing that. And the implication there, I think, is in part evangelistic. That there are more people intended to be worshiping God with heart, soul, mind, and strength who are not yet doing it because they don't know Jesus. And that part of our goal in church plants and in the church is to see more and more worshipers praising God. And there you see the connection, right? Worship and witness. That's what we need to be about. But as pastors who come out of seminary and, you know, have this desire and passion to see this happening, you're also confronted pretty quickly with your weakness and inexperience. And so I know talking to Brad and talking to other guys that I was this this new church planner saying, I know this is what I want to be about, but I don't know how to do it. And so I was looking for resources. Brad was looking for resources. And I'd be talking to Eric Watkins who would say, wouldn't it be great if you had, you know, kind of this church planting candy store where I could go into a virtual room and there were shelves filled with resources, written and audio and, and visual resources all compiled together in one place where I could think about preaching and evangelism and discipleship and I could go into this room and it was all there right in front of me because we're having to go find it and we're calling each other and emailing each other and saying hey I'm you know here's an issue I'm struggling with do you have something and I'm having lunch with PCA church planners and sharing some of the same concerns and struggles and what have you found that's helpful that's really the origin of something like Outward OPC, is we're starting to compile resources that can be useful. And so I can imagine a pastor going in and saying, there are 20 resources in front of me, five of them are really helpful. And another pastor coming in and saying, I find five really helpful, but it's not the same five, it's a different five. And our goal is to just provide a ton of resources over time. And you can come in and find something on a topic that you're really wrestling through and go listen to 
Eric Watkins talk about evangelism. Listen to Chris Hartshorn and think about being a good neighbor. Listening to Steve Doe talk about being a welcoming church and learn from these guys. And so that's, that's really the goal is to just put those resources, more and more of those resources in one place and to create kind of a, a community of pastors, elders, and deacons and members who are all have the same desire who are having a conversation. What are you doing in Florida that's working well? What are you doing in California? What are you doing in Wisconsin? What are you doing in Ohio? What did, what did work? What didn't work? So we can learn from each other. So in some ways, this is, I think, you know, kind of a Presbyterian approach to doing church planting and church life together, where we're having that conversation and seeking to be more faithful at what the Lord calls us to do. Well, this has been great, John. Thanks for taking the time. Al and I are so thankful for the the opportunity to serve the church in this way. I am regularly encouraged in my faith to see what the Lord does and to rejoice as the Lord does some of that work. That's it for today's episode. You can go to the website at outwardopc.com to check out more resources, and you can sign up for our email list where you'll receive notifications when new things are available. Until then, we'll see you next episode.